Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over WIMG, the three-time Stellar Awards-winning station, um, small market here in Trenton, New Jersey. And you can also follow us over Facebook and Twitter as well, WIMG 1300. If you're watching, it's via WPHY Channel 25 and also the America One Network covering Mercer County, New Jersey through Verizon. You can also find out what I'm doing with Trenton 365 and my other programming by following me on Facebook, Trenton 365 Show, as well as Library Boxes of Trenton and Lifestyle by Amon's Brindle. You can also send me an email, Trenton365Show at gmail.com. I love having conversations with people, especially over food and drinks, where we can work together to build a better community for everyone. In the studio with me is Josh A. Campbell. Joshua A. Campbell is a new friend who we connected uh, via uh, social media not too long ago. Uh, he is a University of the Arts graduate, so there's this whole Philadelphia art scene vibe in between us, <laughs> so I'm glad to have him in here, and the fact that he reached out to me, I really appreciate that as well. And we're going to be talking about his not only his artistic talents, but who he is as a person, because as you know, that's one of the things that makes us awesome as human beings, the fact that we can get together and we can talk on a different level than some of the other species that God has created. So Josh is going to be talking about his background, but he's also going to be talking about his latest efforts as a playwright, working with students here in Trenton, New Jersey, talking about all different kinds of things, but mainly talking about where those students are right now in their lives, what have brought them to this state where they are, and what is it going to look like in the future, and then how we as the adults air quotes, we can uh, sort of formulate some sort of a plan to make things better for them and for the generations that come after them. So Josh, without any further ado, wow. welcome to the Trenton 365 show. Thank you for having me. What an <laughs> incredible introduction. Absolutely. Oh, that's great, man. Yeah, so um, for those of you who, who obviously don't know, you're going to get to know a, a bit more about Josh, but we talked, I mean, probably half an hour, 45 minutes for the first time on the phone, and it was just kind of like... Just clicking. Quick. Everything was just vibing. <laughs> Everything made sense. It was like, yeah, no problem. Let's just get a date, put it on the yeah. books, and let's just get things popping off. So I know we're going to talk a lot about what's happening here in Trent, mm -hmm. especially at the MLK School where you're actually doing some different things. Um, but who are you as a person? And I'd like for you to be as vibrant as you'd like <laughs> because when we spoke on the phone, I even told you, so you got me all fired up, man. <laughs> So I am from Baltimore, Maryland. I'm born and raised in Baltimore. I went to Baltimore School of the Arts, um, which has many famous alumni, including uh, Tupac, Jada Pinkett Smith, um, Tracy Toms, Brisha Webb, who was on TV One. She did um, Love That Girl. Um, so that's where I come from. I come from an arts background. Um, born to a family that's massive. My mom's side has eight. It's eight of them. My dad's side is three. Opposite ends of the spectrum, all extreme. <laughs> um, my grandmothers, which is so important to the work that I do, my grandmothers, um, one was a pastor. Um, so a lot of my work deals with the spirituality aspects and where we are spiritually as in terms of a community, in terms of um, a nation. And then my other grandmother, my father's mom, was a history teacher. Which is so important because as I work on new plays in the school, I always like to look at history. Um, how do we get to where we are? What led us? What do we need to learn and what aren't we getting? And how does history come full circle? Because as you know, history is very cyclical. Um, and that for me is interesting, fascinating, and intriguing. And then how we blend, which I um, learned at yours, how we blend music and language and audience into an experience to get people to open up and begin to have a conversation mm -hmm. um, that is provocative, authentic, and raw. Um, so recently, as of last night, actually I opened a brand new play um, and we're looking to do it in Philadelphia in the summer, again, which was about the Baltimore uprisings and the Middle East um, humanitarian crisis. And it was really a play about looking at um, one character in particular and his psyche fracturing as he's dealing with loss and grief of a relationship, but also looking at Black Lives Matters and Syrians 
um, who are either protesting, whether you're a Palestinian protester or a Syrian mother losing her son, but choosing to stay in a country that's bombed out. Why that happens, and what are the connections that we can look at in the Middle East that we see in America, um, with the idea that we are all beyond despair, um, and what disparity looks like across regions, what disparity looks like across communities and nations, and what does it mean to be a community in crisis. All juicy political greatness <laughs> that I love um, to play with, and I I like to explore outside of my um, the world I live in in a very interesting way. How do I capture a mother's grief not having children and not being a woman? How do I capture Palestinian protesters' um, anger and fury? How do I capture numbness when I just watch my, my hometown be burned down for whatever reason? Like, how do I capture these feelings and channel it through people, places, and situations in a very interesting way? Um, so at UArts, which was amazing um, school to go to, um, I learned a lot about race and politics, and which <laughs> it's a beautiful thing as we were watching all over what's happening. Period in the world, not just in the U.S., um, but period is how we relate to race and politics in a very sexy way. Um, the things that we like to talk about, the things we don't like to talk about, um, and then how that transformed into conversation. So I directed a play. Um, called uh, Twilight Los Angeles, 1992 by Anna DeBeer Smith. And she said, race is not just black, it's not a black and white thing. And I was like, that is brilliant. Because she had Latinos and Hispanic um, people in her play and she had Korean American shop owners. So very much do the right thing. Mm -hmm. um, that piece was really about the Rodney King riots. So she referenced everything that Spike Lee had done um, by looking at these different voices and curating them into a play that she performed. It was 52 voices about the Rodney King trial, the Rodney King verdict, verdicts, I'm sorry, and the riots. Um, and so for me, I began to really look at what is the gray area that connects us? Is it religion? Is it education? Is it spirituality? Is it sexuality? Is it, is it media? What connects us? And then what, a, what is the kaleidoscopic, I think that's the best way to put it, with the kaleidoscopic ripples mm. on how do we fracture things and how do things come back to us? Mm -hmm. Very interesting way. I just said a lot of different <laughs> But you know, <laughs> it, and I think that that's one of the things that we talked about when we first communicated yeah. on the phone was that um, my... Uh, the way my brain processes, it's lots of different things, mm -hmm. it, it, a lot of different moving parts. And I, I want to touch on the play Twilight L.A. and Rodney King. Mm -hmm. And when the Rodney King incident happened, I remember how upset I was. But I wasn't at a place, spiritually where I knew how to process that. Mm -hmm. Like all the emotions, the anger, yeah. the fear, um, the disbelief of what I was actually seeing. And now that I'm in a totally different place mm -hmm. spiritually, I look back on it and I realize that I have never really fully grieved yes. that time period. Yeah. And I know that there's other people who feel the way that I do mm -hmm. because it's never been fully discussed publicly as a mass group of people. Now, I say that because I've been also struggling with the whole idea of why are we in a state where, a state of America, a culture, where we haven't evolved to not liking people who don't look like us or don't have the same background. And then it dawned on me in a conversation I was having was that we've never grieved mm -hmm. slavery or the ills of it or yeah. the aftermath. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure how we do it, but I know that me personally, I haven't fully grieved racist things that have happened to me in my lifetime. And I'm not even 50. So I can't imagine for the person who's 70, 80 or older if they've never actually gone through that grieving process. I don't know how we do it, but I do believe that there's a growing number of people who realize 
that we have to get to some sort of a point where we're having these conversations and we can actually grieve and it's okay to grieve just like when someone physically dies or when someone is physically hurt. We have to get to that point. So that's one of the things um, and maybe you and I can discuss this at a later time but thank you for bringing that up because it makes so much sense why I felt that way. And I I think also too what was interesting in my having her reaction for my plays my my friend Alexis saw it yesterday and she said I put a lot in there that said you know black folk are always in a state of mourning mm. so for me grief is interesting because grief as we all know works in really strange and interesting ways um, it's irrational it's just like anger just like hurt and pain and it gets embedded in the blood and in the soul of people and I think when we reach a point of what I call wokeness where we just open ourselves up and we're willing to dig deep, that's when we start to undo. We're so conditioned, I think, as a society not to be vulnerable. You know, to see Ronnie King beaten. I remember when I was, that show was tough because it took me nine months to prep as a director to do that show. It was tough because I had to place myself in a specific place and time. I wasn't born yet. But then when I'm looking at Trayvon happen and say, well, before Trayvon, that was Rodney, there was a grief there. And then Rodney King died the summer going into rehearsals um, before I did it. And the loss, you know, we, we put certain people up to be martyrs on a pedestal. And then there's this first belt of anger. This was our first thing of, um, I think, grief. There's always anger and resentment. And then we never quite get past that. And that's partly to do with, as I'm learning, working on this new play, partly to do with spirituality and the idea that we always are looking for a place of refuge. And until we identify a real place of refuge, whether it's the church, because some people feel the church is not doing enough, some people feel like the church is doing enough, if it's schools or if it's whatever you choose a place of refuge to be, when you get into that place, you have to allow yourself to allow it to become home. Mm. And then that's when wokeness, I think, happens in a very interesting way. Good. I'm glad you put it that way. And uh, we're going to be talking about lots of different things tonight. Uh, I'm speaking with Josh. Joshua A. Campbell is the brand name. Joshua, share your contact information so people can find you on social media, etc. Amazing. So my Facebook is Josh A. Period uh, Campbell. Um, for Instagram, I'm on Instagram a lot. It's going to be JC Playwright 92. Um, And if you want to get in contact with me, um, when we talk more about the process of the new show that I'm developing, um, my email is joshacampbell227 at gmail.com. Awesome. Now, we're just about up on the first break, um, but I'd like for you to back up a little bit and talk Mm -hmm. a bit about your history. As a young person, did you always feel the arts calling you? (laughs) That's an interesting question. Um, My mom would probably say yes. I would probably say no. I think I went through several iterations. I wanted to do CSI. You know, I wanted to be a forensic scientist. I wanted to design zoo habitats. There was a funny story of how I wanted to be Chim Chim from Speedy Racer that my mom likes to put out there. Um, So, (laughs) Mowgli from the Jungle Book. There was a fascination with animals, peoples, and places. Um, It wasn't until I got to elementary school and more so high school that I really was like, okay, I'll be an artist. That's what I want to do. So I'm trained as a tuba player, interestingly enough. Not and a musician, a also. Musician. So I'm a trained tuba player musician, and then I decided to go to theater in a very interesting tra- in a, a very interesting way. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's, no, the answer is no. But I, my mom immersed me in arts and sports, and we realized me as a soccer player was not what I wanted to do. <laughs> All right, so, you know, and I'd like to stick with that because that also leads me to the next point that I like to ask my guests, especially ones who are younger than me. Um, You had a lot of support as a young person. Your parents, your mother was encouraging you Mm -hmm. to go and to try these different things. Yeah. It's very interesting, especially when I look at teaching now versus when I was in school. We had exposure to arts. Now, when we're looking at school systems and school districts, it's hard to fit in, especially Trenton. You know, they literally, if the school has 500 students, sometimes the teachers get to see the students once for an entire week. 
and then it's on a rotating schedule basis so they don't get the full experience okay. of what it is yeah yeah i want to jump in there and cut you off we're up on the first break but oh, when we amazing. come back we're going to be talking about that as well I'm speaking with Joshua A. Campbell, who's a playwright and artist and a musician that we've recently learned. <laughs> and he's going to be with us for the whole hour. He's going to be talking about lots of different things, but mainly about him being immersed in the city of Trenton and uh, sharing his gifts and talents as an artist and a playwright here, right here in Trenton, New Jersey. And you're listening to the Trenton 365 show over the three-time Stellar Awards winning station WIMG 1300. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can find us on Twitter at Trenton365. In the studio with me is Joshua A. Campbell. And Joshua is a musician, artist, and a playwright. And we've been talking a bit about his history. Grew up in Baltimore and was educated at the University of Arts in Philadelphia. So shout out to the city of brotherly love, which is where <laughs> he graduated from. And now he is here in Trenton. And he's in the capital city of New Jersey, uh, sharing his gifts and talents as a playwright and as an artist. But he's got a very interesting uh, dynamic because he's merging together the historical component of where the students are here in Trenton and also asking those hard questions about what does the future look like and how are we going to help shape that and impact that future. So we've just been talking a little bit about Josh's history and we're going to be transitioning towards that. And in a little bit, we'll get into all the details about what's going on here Amazing. in Trenton. <laughs> Nice. So, so Josh, um, growing up in Baltimore, yeah. you had a mother who was encouraging you to get involved yeah. in sports and in art, etc. Just talk about the importance of having someone edifying you and encouraging and introducing you to something new. Amazing. So my mom um, and my, my dad, I come from a very blue-collar family. So that was the first thing I had against me, that I chose not to do work that required my hands physically. Um, come from a long line of construction workers. My grandfather, uh, my, my family was in the military a lot. Um, so my mom always dreamed bigger. Um, and my dad always pushed me to be bigger. So I, I always acknowledge that I come from a household that had two parents there, which is important. Um, but I can't knock anyone else who has, has to do that. So I'm going to put that out there first. Awesome. So everyone can understand my background a little bit. Um, so my mom was very active in the school. She knew all the teachers, all the contact information. We lived right across the street. So I could get lunch. I, she could just bring me ravioli for school, which was like a little, little I own. I was a little privileged there because some kids don't get that. Um, so with the arts, she, I was always an active child, I will say. I had a sister, and my sister was 10 years older, so we, we come from a musical family. My mom had us in the church singing, um, tried to get me into guitar, drums, or whatever she could, just to figure out what sticked. That was really the thing, was figuring out what sticked, and we found that writing is what sticked, because I always was fascinated by telling stories. Mm. Whether I got up and just performed it, or whether I use music to do it, or whether I decide to join the photography club <laughs> and uh, take pictures and help build yearbooks. I was always interested in telling a story, and she realized that in telling a story was the most important thing that she could give me that would teach me more about myself and the world around me mm. because I was able to connect with people. Um, my personality has changed. A lot of it's still the same, but um, I always was interested in connection and learning. Um, so many stories about growing up in church, family and friends day. I was always in the kitchen with my mom and my aunt cooking and just hearing stories and then running back to tell my cousin. So it's just that she, and she knew, and she just allowed me to be me. And in later conversations, she realized the importance of, yeah, she had dreams for me, but she realized that it was important to allow me to be myself, which was to be open and vulnerable, but understanding that I have to learn the boundaries of that. And I think that's so important. I think we sometimes forget that children, um, their imaginations are so key and critical, and they lose that when they go to school because we carry so many different 
beasts and burdens when we walk into a classroom. You know, teaching is hard. Even teaching, even when I go in as a guest artist to teach, I have to like learn the students. I have to like know the students and their personalities and who needs what, when, and how. That's the job of the teacher. Um, and as I've learned on interviews about teaching in the school system, it is a calling. And so it's important for parents, especially when you're dealing with the arts, to understand you got to allow the child to figure out the calling. You got to allow them to figure it out. And you have to allow them to have the imagination. You can't be like, stop singing in the market. No, let them sing. I know that's like I, not idealistic, depending on where you are. But it's how they, it's how they get it out. They have something to work through that they have got to get out. So let them get it out. And then scold them later, but let them get it out. <laughs> and, and I want to interject there and uh, shout out to my daughter Maddie. Um, she is underwater with Hamilton. She, <laughs> is, Hamilton she is all over the Hamilton craze, singing it nonstop, mm -hmm. performing it, um, watching it on, on uh, PBS and all those things. And Cakes, I'm sorry, um, because I've gotten to the point where it's like, enough. I, I, it's enough. I've heard enough. Please, can you stop? I can sing but, it in my head. Let's yes, <laughs> but I, I am going to change my mentality with that and give her the space. If she wants to keep singing it, I'll just have to remove myself from that space. But I want to go back to what you were saying about your mother and your father as parents. Being a parent is a very difficult job. Um, there's no manual, there's no books, you can, most of the time what you've been taught isn't what's going to work for yes. you with your children. <laughs> so it really is a learning process yeah. every single day. And something that I've learned as a parent is that this is my child's life. Now, no matter what I want or what I believe is the right thing to do, I've got to... Uh, I've got to take it through that filter of this is my child's life. I've, I'm living my life. I have been through those stages. I can share my information, but it's not about me living vicariously through them. She's got to be able to do this on her own. So kudos to your parents because it's obvious that your mom and your dad realized that as well and said, okay, he doesn't want to play soccer. Yeah. So. And it actually, there's something to seeing it because my father, I never felt he was really ever on board because it's just like, how's my son gonna take care of himself? It wasn't until he saw a play at Twilight, it was actually when he saw Twilight that he, it dawned on him what I really was doing. Because a lot of work as an artist is in solitary confinement. It's like, we're, we have an idea, we can sit on it for two, three years, four years, 20 years, and then we have to birth it in a way. So artists are parents before they become parents in a lot of different mm -hmm. ways. Um, and so it took my father seeing that production in college for him to really understand what I was doing and that I have greatness. And I think when we're looking at parenting, and not even parenting but children, it's an exploration. It's a we gotta think of it as an exploration. I hate to, I'm always in this teacher metaphor, but it's exploration because Every day the world changes. Every day what we're exposed to, what we're not exposed to, what our children know, what our children don't know, what we know, what we don't know, it changes. So we always have to be in a constant state and I think act of getting to know each other on a daily basis. And I think that starts the magic of unlocking what I call wokeness is understanding that we're gonna change and being okay to that. Like we get burdened with everything, but it's always exploration. Mm. And we have to just look just a little bit deeper than what we see on the surface. Mm. There's a lot going on. Excellent. Joshua A. Campbell, share your contact information, please. Amazing. So you can find me on Instagram at JC Playwright, uh, Playwright with the W R I G H T, uh, 92. Um, Facebook is Josh A. Period Campbell. And my email for when we talk about more about the trend piece that I'm developing is going to be Josh. A Campbell 227 at gmail.com. Great. Now let's transition and talk about um, you've grow you grew up in Baltimore mm -hmm. and then you go to the University of Arts in Philadelphia, yeah. which is an internationally famous yes. school for art. Um, regardless of, of the medium or the genre, mm -hmm. it is known 
as an educational facility for art. Just talk about your life experiences then. Such a turbulent time um, and a time of growing and understanding and transformation. That's the best way to describe it. I, um, the theater department, so just to put, UArts is an amazing institution. There's just a, it represents the real world and it doesn't represent the real world. In terms of theater, I was in a department of 350 and there were 20 minorities mm. amongst all the di different disciplines in theater. So you're talking acting, a musical theater, directing, playwright, production, which I was in, and then design tech. There were 20 of us across all four years. Um, so, and I had this conversation last night, there was a bit of a numbness that happened, that happens, which is a part of a condition in college because you're learning about yourself, you're learning about what is possible and what isn't possible. So, it was a little terrible because I had to begin the process of learning about the real world in a very real way of that. You have to do your research, you have to go out, and if they aren't going to give it to you, you got to go take it for yourselves. Um, so I spent, and not everyone's going to be me, and I own that. Um, I spent time, I own it, I, I have to. Um, I spent time in the library researching plays and understanding the white canon of theater and the black canon and the Hispanic canon. That way I can talk educatedly and people will not see my color for all of two seconds. I, with a group of two friends, um, we decided to start a theater company to say, hey, we're going to do minority work and allow us to celebrate our culture, celebrate our identity. I was in meetings talking about how we can better the community. You know, you can't have 30 students and then say, we're gonna choose one play and let anyone be a slave or a prostitute. That's not how things work. Mm -hmm. That's not our narrative and that's not what we wanna do. So do we go create the work or do we go find the work to do it with? Mm. And that was my experience. It was a lot of that and it was a lot of spiritual journey and understanding. The biggest thing about college is that you got to stay prayed up. Figure out your refuge, figure out what you need to do to stay sane, and you build that routine and you continue to do it um, because that's what's going to get you through the times because you carry a lot. You carry your dreams, your family's dreams. You carry everyone's hopes and dreams on you, and it can weigh you down. I was the first male in my family um, on my mom's side to graduate high school. The first male... Um, yeah, first male high school, I'm the first male artist, I'm the first one on both sides, really, to start a career in the arts, and that's exciting, and it's challenging, and it's burden. You know, my dad doesn't have a college degree, and my mom doesn't, so I'm the first to have one. Mm -hmm. um, so it's it's been a burden and a challenge, and you carry that with you, but when you get to the finish line, it's worth it. Awesome. It's, yeah. Joshua A. Campbell. We're up on another short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. I encourage you to do an internet search for Joshua A. Campbell, Philadelphia University Arts, Baltimore, Maryland. Um, any of his information will come up, and then you'll be more educated about my guest. who will be here for the next half hour or so, and we'll be talking about all things art-related as well as his efforts here in the city of Trenton. We'll be back after a short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can visit the website, trenton365.com. And you can also send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at trenton365. And I encourage you to keep your eyes open for Lifestyle by Amon's Brindle, one of my little side fashion projects and lifestyle brands that I'll be introducing more in the coming months. In the studio with me is Joshua A. Campbell, which is his brand name. But Joshua is a was born in Baltimore, went to college in Philadelphia, and now teaches here in Trenton, New Jersey. And he's teaching uh, his craft of art and uh, playwriting and directing. And uh, learned a little bit more about what he's doing. And he's going to be discussing some of that shortly. But Josh, I'd like for us to go back and rehash what we were talking about briefly just before the break. And uh, that was your experience at the University mm -hmm. of the Arts. I mean, um, what I try to do with Trenton 365 is to present to a larger audience that 
the only way that we're going to develop and improve the community is when we can have conversations, sometimes hard conversations, with people who may not look like us, who may not speak the same language as we do, but we have to be able to come to a position where we can have these conversations, mm -hmm. and my opinions have to be as valid as your opinions. And if we can't have those conversations, then we're going to be amiss. Now, you made it very clear that at the University of the Arts, which is an internationally famous art school, that there was a very small amount of people who are brown skin, we'll say. Uh, in my particular department, yes. Yes, in your particular that. department. And you also mentioned that, you know, there's a lot that goes along with that. Like you, you've got to stay prayed up, you've got to have your, your sanctuary, etc. Can you just talk about that a little bit more? Absolutely. So what was interesting about that experience was was that because we were small, I know I took the initiative to make sure like we could all come together. We'll do like brunch and just fun and games just so we all can like relax and let the mask down, which is something I learned from W.E.B. Du Bois, um, Souls of Black Folk, um, the book. So that was so important to me and to us is to develop a culture in which we all could find some type of communion and fellowship that was strictly for us um, that felt good because that was what was needed you know we, we all separated we're all divided and then competition really could arise because it's like well I'm not gonna like you for the next two months because we're gonna fight for this one role and everyone else is marginalized um, whether it's the women getting the one role or if it's the men getting the role the women don't or if it's a play for a Hispanic Latino bodies and they're able to do a show but the African-American students can't um, so I tried to create a culture that allowed us to begin to have these really tough conversations um, now whether that has continued since I've left I can't really testify to but when I was there I took it upon myself to make sure that it was brought to everyone's attention mm -hmm. and that we can do work um, we did in the tropics um, by Nilo Cruz which was the first time that that a piece like that had been done about his like Hispanic culture, Cuban culture, in the school that wasn't whitewashed. And we did uh, for color girls the first time that all the African American women in the department were on stage for the first and maybe last time that they've been on stage together. And it wasn't about competition. Everyone had some a part and a moment to shine, and they were able to celebrate themselves. Um, and then I did uh, Twilight Los Angeles 1992 by Anna DeVere Smith. And that for me was really a way to solidify my mark of saying like, hey, there's a conversation of race that needs to be had. And I had black actors playing, black, white, Hispanic actors, mixed race cast playing all people, all walks of life. So they could be Korean, they could be white female and allowing them just to find that nuance and let us seep into the skin and find the the humanity. We were talking a little bit earlier about how do we get over grief as part of part of getting over grief is recognizing humanity and that it's a part of the process and when it's done it's done. Um, and that was so important. I had to learn the hard way of like you just have to let things go. Just have to let it go. If it's causing more harm, it's not worth it. It's not worth it in the end. And then I wrote a senior project that about the Gina Six and the school to prison pipeline. Um, and that was the first time that we had, it was brilliant, first time we had eight African Americans on stage at once telling one singular story. Um, and we were able to just live through our experience truthfully and raw and talk about a historical subject. Um, even though Gina Six was in 2006, 2008, but it's still historical when it's being written in 2014, because mm -hmm. not many people know about it. Um, so that's where I really found out that my job, my role as a person in society is to unearth these stories that we aren't talking about, <laughs> unearth it, figure out the, the human truth of it, and then present it authentically on stage with heart, Period. But yeah, with heart. That's the only way to describe it. With heart, understanding that we're all going to go on an emotional journey and it's going to be epic. It's going to be tribal. It's going to go back to the roots of like Greeks and the griots in Africa telling stories around a campfire. And it was so important. You know, I, I, it just dawned on me exactly why, you know, when we talked over the phone, what connected. I mean, you just summarized 
everything right there in that, in that last statement. Oh, wow. um, I did a good job. <laughs> yeah, you did better than a good job. But but I love the fact that you said you know you know what your job is. Yeah. You you are to unearth things, bring it to light, and to use your skill and your talents to do that. And that's through plays and, and, and making them, you know, understandable for the segment of the population mm -hmm. who's interested in that. And I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to our friendship. This oh, is, awesome. is going to be great. It's going to be a whole situation. Just mm. watch out. Just watch out. <laughs> so, so let's transition now and, and spend the rest of the time talking about you and Trent. You know, what brought you here and, and what has been your experience so far? Trenton. So I... I am working arts um, education. I have a job at a theater that I'm going to remain nameless for right now. Um, but they enabled me to come in at, on a grant um, that allowed me to basically be their boots on the ground in Trenton in schools and bringing theater into the schools and helping to facilitate the program they, that they wanted to do to enable the students another outlet. Um, what most people don't know about the school system is that kids only really exposed to maybe dance, but it's mostly music and arts. They don't have an understanding of theater. And theater by its very design and nature encompasses all the art forms. It, you can now throw film behind an actor giving a monologue and that's considered live theater. Mm -hmm. You can now take photographs and then create stories off the photographs and that's theater. My type of theater that I do incorporates spirituals, jazz, blues. It incorporates language, so it's people speaking in Arabic or Spanish or Italian or French. It's just real people in real time. So that's how I got involved in Trenton was my job and having to work on a massive project um, related to the theater and the, the education system wanting this massive, massive project to happen and I was able and fortunate enough to be in three or four different schools at one time and which is so interesting is that with each school you kind of have to go in and get the lay of the land mm -hmm. so I began to develop personal relationships and I told myself I can't there's no way I can serve a community as a coordinator and an arts facilitator objectively without knowing the people the places so what I did, I know it wasn't safe, maybe I was like, why are you doing that? But it's so important. I would literally, from the train station, walk to the schools so I can understand where the students are going, mm -hmm. what's around them. I could tell teaching artists, well, there's a bodega down the street that has the best tacos that you will enjoy, or maybe not go to that bodega. There's some trouble there. Um, so it took about three or four months to really get into the job and understand what it was. And I, you know, I, I watch How to Get Away with Murder, one of my favorite guilty pleasures. And Viola Davis has this moment, love Queen Viola, has this moment where she takes her wig off because she's sitting at her mom's couch, mm -hmm. eyelashes off, she's done crying, no more snot, everything's like happening to her. And she just had a chance to breathe and grieve. So this summer, I had a chance to do that on my um, break. And... I knew there was a play that needed to be written. I didn't know how, I didn't know when, I didn't know why. And this summer I found out, and it felt ordained by God, I was keep going back to spirituality, um, but it just felt right. Everything had started to fall into place. So I began to write a play called Any Given Child with the E, um, uh, Black Butterflies which for me is a three-part documentary theater piece. So documentary theater, let's break open that thing. This is mm -hmm. what Twilight Los Angeles was. Is when you go out and you collect verbatim statements. So I'm spending my time interviewing people, taking verbatim statements, excerpts from the interviews, and crafting an entire story around it. So with this piece, I'm crafting the story of Trenton of the now and Trenton of the future but it's through the lens of the education system. So part one, which is my capital city, is looking at all the issues that exist in Trenton as we know it, see it, hear it on the media, whether it's the gangs, the illiteracy, the poverty, the violence, the dysfunction. Then part two is really looking at the education system and what it means to be a teacher in Trenton um, and why our children of Trenton are so vulnerable and what their needs are. And then part three 
um, is about the idea of transformation. What does Trenton, if Trenton needs to be transformed? What is so great about this project is that for me, yes, I'm a total outsider. I have nothing at stake and I'm coming and owning that. What I have at stake is an investment in the idea that we all know that if we get 25 people in a room, 24 of those people are going to be screaming and yelling and nothing can get resolved. But there will be one person that will be listening and taking everything in. So that's my job with this project is to say, okay, let me find, let's say 75 different people all walks of life across all races, genders, ethnicities, religions, social economic levels, sexualities. What happens if I put them all in a room and have a conversation about this city? What are they going to say? How do they feel? And it's a piece about the heart. It's about matters of the heart, which is what part of the art form gets wrong at times, which is we want to deal with the political reasonings. We want to deal with the intellectual. Like, well, we have school to prison pipeline. Yeah, that's great and all, but what about the people? What about the heart? What is making people feel angry? agitated what are they dealing with what they're coping with and so for me I am offering a mirror to any and everyone to see themselves as part of a larger community a larger context and a larger community conversation in a very interesting way Great. and I'm capturing you authentically it's your words gotcha Josh we're gonna drill back down on that after a very okay. short break you're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show I'm your host Jacques Howard over the three times stellar award-winning radio station WIMG streaming over our website WIMG 1300.com we'll be back after a short break and welcome back to the Trenton 365 show I'm your host Jacques Howard in the studio with me is Joshua a Campbell um, you can search for him on all social media platforms except for Twitter and you can find <laughs> out where he is or you can go to the website Trenton365.com archives of this and my other interviews will be up there as well uh, during the last break Josh you and I were just talking about how you did something in, in People like me who are involved in doing things civically engaged here in the Triton and beyond in the city of Triton here and beyond. When people come in, generally it's kicking the door open. Hey, you have to do this, and you got to do it this way because this is the, what's being taught at higher levels. But you said something that was very critical. You said you came in knowing you were an outsider, knowing that you needed to learn the culture, and that you were walking. Walking the same paths to these schools that the students who you would be teaching and instructing that they would. So that you could learn what their life was like. And that is the epitome of, of what we, we, in my opinion, should be doing as we move forward yeah. in dealing with anyone that we don't know their current situation or what they've been through. Um, because you also made a point earlier in a view like my life experience I grew up with a mother and a father with two parents I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with people who didn't but this is my life experience so it's hard for you to speak towards any of those other experiences but it would be it would be multiplied worse if you said whoever didn't grow up the way that I do mm -hmm. there's something wrong with them and I think that culturally we've gotten to that place especially here in Trenton and I think it's Trenton's ground zero for that type of mentality where it's let me go help those people or those people wanting a handout from those people who want to come and we've missed something and I think throughout this interview and this conversation I'll call it this chat You've made it very clear that your objective is not to do that. Your objective is to unearth things, shine light on some different things, and then take that opportunity using your craft, your skill as an artist, as a playwright, and then to use that as a teaching moment because you're a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's been fascinating. So I've done about 20 interviews. I have a set list of 75, so please message me. Um, so we can have a chat and it's all on your terms um, so with the interviews I've gotten a chance to know the various personalities of Trenton the some people who are optimistic 
some people who are pessimistic, some people who are questioning, some people who are hopeful, some people who are doubtful. And for me, that's all tension that exists that we have to understand. Um, the only thing about interviewing is that I can't get to children under 18. Um, but being in a classroom, I can redirect and write from their experience. But for everyone else, it's harder. It's harder to, to encapsulate who they are. Um, which is why for me, I love the art form of documentary theater because it's verbatim and it's up to me. It's just, I don't even use a camera, it's just audio. It's to, it's to remember that feeling, the sense of what we were talking about, how we were talking about what was happening in that moment and to sculpt and craft in such a way that it makes sense. Um, so when I think about this project and what's needed, I'm not coming in with solutions. I'm not giving answers. Shining light is the best way to describe it because we all can heal. The one, the one of the biggest takeaways is that Trenton is in need of healing. In the last, let's just say, five to ten years, there's been a lot of upheaval, whether it's with the politician, whether it's with the Board of Education. My job is not to sit there and to judge or vilify. It's not even to offer an explanation. It's to capture the people and how they feel and why they feel the way they feel, authentically and honestly and allow them to reflect back and say, okay, well, that interview was nine months ago, but here's where I am today. Or here's where I'm not am today, and here's where I need to go. Um, and by hearing different voices and people, finding and building a sense of community. In an ideal world, if this went to production, which it will, um, that is my goal, but I'm more concerned about building the show with the right voices, is that what if we went to one of these schools? Let's just say it was Mott or Franklin and we thought open the doors of the school not saying this should happen now but and we all sat in the classroom and heard this piece out loud as if we were the students how is that going to affect us and then what are the conversations we're going to have after that mm -hmm. that's what I'm interested in that's what I'm interested in bringing to Trenton and the project is a sense of community a communal experience where we all can have some type of growth and enlightenment. We may not have the answer after the show says the end. We may not have it for a year or two, but at least we went through it together, knowing that we can come out on the other side and we are understanding what our neighbor is thinking. Because another thing I've learned is that sometimes we're taking things personal. They're taking things this little bit. We, we all do it. It's a human thing. Let's just own it. It's a human thing. We all take things personally. I think when we get to a point of being like, you know what, I, I understand you. And I think that's why politics is sexy and dangerous. Because everyone has an opinion. We all say an opinion are like buttholes. Everyone has one. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, we know. But what is so interesting and fascinating is when you start to talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. I've sat with someone in their office. I sat on someone's couch on a Sunday and they were in their like jammies and we had a whole conversation and I'm interested in exploring the human condition and if we're exploring the human condition and understanding people just people and how we deal with loss how we deal with transformations lack of faith and spirituality then we can all come together and learn something from someone else and that is my takeaway is that I'm learning about Trenton, the culture, and my, take a, my goal is for everyone to take away from the show when it's finished is they have learned about someone in their community, whether it's the politician, the fire chief, what the principal has on their plate, what the art teacher is grappling with, what the bus driver feels when they're driving around and it's like, well, we don't have infrastructure, the streets are cracked, I'm lucky if I can make something happen on time. The train station is congested. That's what I'm interested in, is how all these voices function together to make a community unique and specific. Mm. I don't, and I always frame things as I examine communities in crisis. Is Trenton in crisis? It depends on who you talk to. I have the fortunate and unfortunate job of sitting with as many people as I do for these interviews, and then they become part of me because I'm asking to be authentic and real and raw 
for the next hour, next 30 minutes to 90 to two hour conversation that we have. And I carry your opinions because it changes. I'll be talked about exploring people and understanding people and that people grow and change. I'm growing and changing as I do this project because every new person I interview brings something new and I just go deeper and deeper and deeper. So I'm encouraging anyone who wants to go deeper with me, please reach out. I would love to interview you and have your voice added to this piece because I think it'll be a fascinating look at what people deem a community in crisis that's really a community searching for a way forward. Now, when this production goes in, into effect, what are some of your goals for it or have you not, or has it not evolved to that point yet? My goal is for it to be a community conversation. Okay. First and foremost, it's a community conversation of you'll be allowed to talk back if you so feel, feel so. If you want to talk back and say, I disagree with the mayor, absolutely, you should. Not saying I've interviewed the mayor, um, but if the mayor was a part of it, if I interviewed him, you are absolutely allowed to disagree, and I would love to hear why. And that becomes more fabric, so the more conversation we're having, the more there's an understanding of what's going on the more we can build some civic engagement and activism. Because we're, we're at a cusp of change. You know, we, we look at what's happening nationally, even before the election, but we're looking at when we started to really handle the Black Lives Matter movement, everyone who is anyone has really started to raise their voice. We're in a state of revolution. And we're on the cusp of like, we need a moral, a moral change and a great reformation. We, for those who don't know, Luther attacked the 99 Theses and started a whole revolution in the 1800s in London. I feel like America right now, and even Trenton in the community right now, is headed towards some type of reformation. And my goal is to be there to capture the voices that can help push us toward that. In terms of, you know what these issues are, now it's up to you to choose what you're going to do next. Fantastic. Get on board or jump off the pot. Joshua A. Campbell, share your contact information one more time, sir. Once again, my email for those who are interested is joshacampbell227 at gmail.com if you're looking for an interview. You can find me also on Instagram at jcplaywright, P-L-A-Y-W-R-I-G-H-T-92. And also on Facebook, joshacampbell. All right. Josh Campbell, I appreciate you, and I look forward to what you're doing in the future, and you can expect Trenton 365 and anything else I'm involved in to support your efforts. Amazing. Thank you for having me. Uh, you're welcome. Folks, you've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show, and once in a while I do these little monologues, and it's all about encouragement. Um, together is the only way that we're going to build a better community for everyone, and we need to have these kinds of conversations across the table from each other again. Sometimes we're not going to look like each other. We may not even have the same native tongue. However, if we're going to build a better community right here, right now, we've got to get beyond that. And getting beyond that is the first step of having those conversations. Sometimes they're going to be hard conversations and they may inquire some emotions that we're not ready to deal with. However, that's the brilliance of being a human being that we can do that. I encourage you to get in touch not only with me, but there's many, many other people who are doing exactly what I'm doing and find somebody who represents or you feel comfortable with and have those conversations. If you'd like to have that conversation with me, I love meeting over food and drinks and I'm easily found throughout the region. You can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show over WIMG 1300, New Jersey's oldest radio station and the three-time stellar award-winning station. Have a good night, friends.